Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the one and only Parkinson's Recovery Radio Show. This is Robert Rogers. I am the host of Parkinson's Recovery Radio and the founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004. Parkinson's Recovery is dedicated and focused now for 14 wonderful, marvelous years on identifying all the kinds of ways and methods and therapies that individuals currently diagnosed with Parkinson's disease can find ways to reverse those symptoms and get their life back. Today, I am delivering on that mission. And the focus here is really quite fascinating in the sense that a quote probably captures what we're going to be talking about today. The quote is the following, let your food be your medicine and your medicine be your food. Now, you're probably wondering, I wonder if somebody that I know who's famous these days said that and the answer is, well, no, not these days. Hippocrates said that as you know, centuries ago. My treasured and featured guest that I'm excited to introduce is Dr. Bill McAnally. And Dr. Bill is the chief science officer and co-founder of a company that he has called Aroga, A-R-O-G-A. Dr. Bill is leading the cutting-edge research and product development efforts for Aroga as a truly passionate scientist. Dr. Bill focuses on proprietary natural products that help build health. And, of course, this fits perfectly into the mission of Parkinson's Recovery, which is dedicated to finding ways that individuals can heal from the inside out to experience long-lasting relief rather than simply suppressing symptoms with various supplements and medications. Dr. Bill is both a National Science Foundation and National Institutes of Health Fellow and grantee. He served as adjunct faculty at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center at Dallas, Texas. Dr. Bill was research director at Kerrigan Laboratories and later became the research director for Manatech. So it is an honor and a privilege for me to be able to introduce Dr. Bill here on Parkinson's Recovery Radio. You need to hang on to your seats because what you're going to soon discover is some revolutionary and groundbreaking discoveries that I think offer the promise of literally having a huge pack on your life. Dr. Bill, thank you so much for taking the time to be a guest on Parkinson's Recovery Radio today. Well, Robert, thank you for having me. I, I love to tell the story, and I love to help people. That's my main satisfaction in life, if I can do something that helps people, you know, have a better life, then I feel I, I feel like I'm having a good day. Dr. Bill, tell us all about yourself. Well, I, uh, a long time ago, I loved my chemistry teacher, and I wanted to uh, become a chemist, and I did, and I taught chemistry for three years, but while I was teaching it, I thought, I'd like to go on and get a master's, and I got my master's in in chemistry, and uh, I, at that level, I could synthesize all kinds of things, but I didn't know what to synthesize, and I said, well, if you don't know what to synthesize, you need to study pharmacology, because that's the study of the effects of these organic molecules on life, so I, I went to school eight more years, you know, there, and I became a pharmacologist, and I studied clinical and forensic toxicology. Toxicology is a specialty, and pharmacology is the study of the effects of chemicals on life forms, 
and the specialty is just the adverse effect. Uh, I'm glad I spent all that time studying toxicology because I don't want to make products that hurt me. You know, the, one of the laws of medicine is first do no harm. And so that's, uh, that's what I've been doing. And in order to make a claim for a drug, you know, you have to identify the active ingredient. And uh, I was fortunate be born at the right time where the chemical instrumentation and the bioassays were available for me to find the active ingredient in aloe vera, which is a polyacetylated banner. We patented that, and since aloe had been used for centuries, or literally up to five or 6,000 years, to treat all kinds of wounds, once we had the active ingredient, then we could get claims. We could go to FDA because they want to know what's the active ingredient and do you have enough to be potent. They also want to know what's the toxic levels and the lethal levels. And in that case, we had a hard time convincing them because we finally we finally killed a mouse. And then on autopsy, they had given him so much he blew up. <laughs> he exploded. So <laughs> it took a while we at least had a dead mouse that we could show them and that amount of food would kill the same same animal and uh, anyway I was blessed to be able to do that and then we developed Carrington dermal wound gel products which are still sold today I know when my son went to medical school they were using them there in Galveston You could because they would cause wounds to heal that wouldn't heal otherwise. And that's because it stimulated the immune system, which orchestrates wound healing. And that's, it was nice to figure out how aloe, you know, actually had its effect and and to still go and do a search for Carrington Dermal Wound Gel products. They're still out there on the market and they're sold all over. So that uh, that was fun. But the problem is... <clears throat> with a lot of plant products like aloe that have been used for centuries or since recorded history, they had uh, positive effects, but they did not have an active ingredient. That is, you would separate, maybe find 27 different ingredients, test each one of them, and none of them were active by themselves, but the combination did amazing things. And, uh, so far, FDA hadn't figured out how to give approval on products like that. Actually, I've talked to them, and they said, well, you need to do each thing by itself and all the combinations. Well, that's impossible. I mean, it costs over a billion dollars just to do, run one ingredient through all the tests, one new chemical entity. And uh, so these uh, plant-based products, and most of them were roots or tubers, and I got interested in those, and as a result of that, I, I developed the Aroga products. And Aroga is Sanskrit for uh, a healthy, disease-free life. And that's what we want, is an Aroga life. The reason we picked Sanskrit is every word I thought of, you could screen, go out on the web and see if it had been taken, and everything had been taken, it seemed like. It's like right now there's... 75,000 different supplements on the market. So uh, we decided to go back to one of the oldest languages and, and see what would be a good word. And I had a a uh, man who worked for me who could read and write Sanskrit. And that's why he'd worked on his master's and started his doctorate on it. And so I said, well, what's Sanskrit for good health or healthy life? And that's where we came up with Aroga. And Aroga has a lot of these foods. They're food. And uh, the way they discovered these ingredients is, you know, people who lived in this community might have some condition. And they could move to another community and lose it. 
And after a while, they figured out it was the food they ate. So with trial and error, they figured out a lot of these foods help different conditions. And a few thousand years ago, they started recording them. You know what they did and and what they how they worked. Although they didn't know what the disease was, but if you had you know brain problems, then these were good products to eat. And I uh, made a uh, product for old surgeons when when I started reading about apoptosis, which is uh, oh, none of this was known. All we knew about apoptosis. When I went to medical school, the cells died two ways. They died from uh, necrosis, like, or they died from apoptosis. And like, when you have a fever blister, it'll it'll uh, swell up in a spot. Those cells actually become virus factories for the herpes virus. They make herpes virus until they explode, and then the virus spreads around and infects other cells, and eventually the immune system will hold it back. But that virus hides and keeps coming back. You know, if you're not, if you can't completely eliminate it. And uh, some of these, you know, herbs really help those conditions. People who uh, had fever blisters went someplace, started eating this food, and the fever blisters went away and never came back. So they record all that stuff, but then in order for you to develop it, you had to find the active ingredient, and there wasn't an active ingredient. But with new knowledge from uh, polymerase chain reaction, PCR, that's how they determine 23andMe. You know, you'll see detectives uh, want to get a DNA or blood sample, and they won't give them one, but they'll follow them around until they throw away a, a Starbucks cup or something, and then they can take that cup. And just wherever they, their lips touch, they can find one or two DNA molecules. They multiply it, and then they can pin it right back, you know, to the crime. So the science has enabled us to develop supplements with a scientific, sound scientific rationale because, as it turns out, the foods they used to eat turn on different pathways, and these pathways make enzymes in the cell, and they use that food to fix and repair themselves. So our foods talk, basically talk to our cells, and different foods repair our bodies. And with the PCR, they were able to go back in caves and see what old hunter-gatherers and people ate, and uh, looking at their skeletons, they could tell whether they had arthritis or, you know, some conditions. But what really sold me on looking at these different herbs, and mainly what, what they uh, ate were tubers and roots. Like a tuber is like a potato. We have sweet potatoes, Irish potatoes, but there were 600 different tubers. They would grow, and they people knew where to dig them. And like potato, they last for months. They didn't require refrigeration or anything, and they could carry them around with them. Same thing with roots, like carrots and stuff. They'll last a long time without without uh, any special care. So that was a common. Those were common foods that people ate, and then they would eat greens and eat some fish. Every now and then, <laughs> you might catch. Catch a large animal. I know I went to Australia, and I was looking at some of their aboriginal plants, and I asked one of the elders, I said, you know, I've thrown these boomerangs, and I have a hard time getting it to come back, much less kill a kangaroo or something with them. And he just laughed, and he said, well, that's kind of like your fisherman's tails where they catch big fish. He said, every now and then we run across an old sick kangaroo that's about to die, and then we can catch him. But we didn't eat very many. If it wasn't for the women's knowledge of roots, tubers, and vegetables, we'd all starve to death. So I was glad to learn that it wasn't my inadequacies with the, you know, with the boomerang. Yeah. So that's kind of an introduction to how I got to where we are now. And they're still working out. If if you go to the 
to PubMed. PubMed is the uh, site where NIH works with the uh, National Library of Medicine, and they put all the good science out there that you can get on your fingertips. Used to, if you wanted to find do research, you'd have to go to the library and then go through the card catalog and pick out articles. And maybe that library that you were at would have two of the 30 you wanted, and they would order the others and you'd wait a few months and get them. Whereas now, they're online. There's 28 million peer-reviewed articles at the National Library of Medicine now, and you can just get them at your fingertip. And that makes research, the, the literature makes it so easy. And if you check, there are 380,983 articles on apoptosis. In fact, a new one comes out about every 12 minutes, and I have some. I have about 100 articles that I sponsored or had done that's out on the web, and I'd say of an average, I spent three or four hundred thousand dollars per article. So that's a lot of money, and the reason they're looking at it is they know now that our hunter gatherers that are alive today, for example, on the Solomon Islands and in uh, Brazil. One of the best groups, groups is in Brazil where the Catholic fathers went to them and uh, talked them into building the church. Some of them decided to stay, and others went and built a church, started growing corn and cattle and stuff like we do. And today, you can go look at them, and the people who still live in the forest don't even have to wear glasses. They don't have our diseases. Whereas their relatives, right next next to them, right out of the jungle where they started farming, they have all of our health problems at the same rate that we have them here in America. The same thing on the Solomon Islands. And they eat these roots, tubers, that they, the hunter-gatherers ate for, you know, since the beginning of man. And if you go back and get those foods, they can, they, they help the structure so that your cells have the right structure and function. If all of your cells have the right structure and function properly, then you're going to be perfectly healthy. And what does that is the food. Like most drugs just treat symptoms. They don't really treat or don't build new healthy cells. It's food. And that's why the father of medicine, Hippocrates, said let your food be your medicine and your medicine be your food. And now that we've understood how these apoptosis pathways work, you uh, can help the structure and function of all kinds of cells, help bring them back to normal. Like we have genetically modified our food without knowing the price we were paying. And we took a lot of the molecules, like a lot of the bitter components were the ones that turned on the apoptosis pathways and told them how to use it. Because these are small molecules that move fast in your bloodstream and they go ahead of the nutrients that are coming and get the cells enzymes ready to use it. And we didn't like bitter. You know, we can taste salt, we can taste sweet, we can taste bitter, and we can taste sour. That's our four tastes, and all tastes are a combination of those four senses. And so you sell more of a fruit if it's sweeter. And so they genetically selected out the bitter components. And now that makes, you know, in the Bible where they talk about eating the bitters, and I did research on that and I found out that it was these bitter components. The, the instructions all make sense. Like used to, they'd say when you come across a dead body, you wash your hands and you avoid it and everything. We didn't know about They didn't know about germs back then. But God sure gave them good advice. And the same advice is at their holy meals, they eat these bitter herbs. And they used to have to tithe of these herbs. 
And I was excited a few months ago when they were excavating where the old first temple was, where Solomon built. They were digging and found a sealed room that was full of Solomon's herbs. And they were a lot of the same herbs I use today. And it uh, just the whole whole circle of life and logic, you know, comes around to uh, we need to look more at eating the right food and not the genetically modified food. So that's what we did. We started looking at the pathways, finding foods, and we get them from 25 different countries, and we freeze dry them because that way they'll last pretty much indefinitely. And our containers, we say, once you buy one, it's good for two years because when you open it, it's water vapor that gets in there and it'll gradually allow them to deteriorate. But that's uh, that's our Aroga products, and uh, they help in many different areas. In fact, and that's that's diseases like Parkinson that affects many different areas of your cell. You need food that helps fix those areas. When we, and they'll some of them just go bad. Like what causes Parkinson's is and all kinds of neuro uh, diseases, like chronic inflammation, like these football players. Or boxers, you know, they get hit in the head. And what we've learned is when you have a concussion, if you it, your brain becomes inflamed, among other things. And if you uh, have another concussion before it gets well, instead of getting well in a few weeks, it takes months. And if you get three concussions, one on top of the other, before the first one was well, you may not, you may just continue on down. And that results in, in uh, even Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, different psychoses, depressions, etc. All of the many different neurological diseases are the result of uh, traumatic, traumatic brain damage. There's like 1.7 million traumatic events occur yearly and 50,000 deaths from traumatic brain damage. I was surprised to find that uh, really there's as many or more kids hurt from soccer. They have more brain damage. And I got to thinking, well, you know, football players have helmets on, but they hit that ball with their head. And as hard as they kick some of those balls, when they, when they hit the ball, they end up with with uh, traumatic brain damage many times. So I've covered a lot of different areas and Robert do you like to fill in anything here so Dr. Bill you made reference to the Solomon Islands and to uh, out in the forest of Brazil uh, where people tended to be healthier how many individuals on average contracted Parkinson's disease in those locations I don't think they saw any what was interesting is these are areas where they didn't, you know, like on the Solomon Island, they didn't have gold or any reason to go there, but they would send the missionaries. And the missionaries, you know, a lot of them had medical experience because they figured they'd be helping people with all kinds of physical problems, but they kept reporting back that they're perfectly healthy, just amazingly healthy. They didn't have high blood pressure. They didn't have all the problems we have from eating our current agricultural-based foods. And uh, so there was a a large World Health Organization group went out and looked at these people, examined them and everything, and sure enough. So that's where they uh, first wrote about it in the 1980s in the New England Journal, Dr. Eaton uh, and his group talked about... uh, how these people are extremely healthy. And he started using the term, they don't have our agricultural-based diseases. So they 
shown what they ate is different from what we now in, in our agricultural environment. And uh, so that that's resulted in a lot of us going back. And that's why a lot, there's, I'd say, hundreds of billions of dollars being spent analyzing these foods to try and find an active ingredient. And uh, what's interesting is they're having a hard time finding an active ingredient, but what they are trying to do is take one of the ingredients and they chemically modify it into a new chemical entity, which will give them a patented drug. And there are some, you know, that are beginning to come out of that. But unfortunately, when they modify them chemically from the way they were made, they have a lot of toxicity that food did not have. And it's no longer a food, it's a drug. So while they're still trying to figure that out, I thought I would just make these freeze-dried foods available based on the different pathways they function. And I tried to... Because when you activate the, the pathway, it binds the receptor of the cell and causes it to make enzymes that are ready to use that food to fix that part of the cell. And to me, you know, it's just beautiful. The same thing, plants talk to plants with chemicals, and plants talk to us with chemicals. They don't have a voice box, but they, uh, for example, they've, they've known about the uh, microcilla or the fungi. If you dig in the garden, you see these uh, fun, fungi and fresh and soil that hadn't been dug in before. And uh, they now know that that's, that's the Internet. The fungi doesn't have chlorophyll and it doesn't see the sunlight. So the plants feed it. The plants that feed that fungi, and in exchange, the fungi communicate with the plants around it. Like when it gets one uh, disease organism or a bug or something, It'll uh, communicate to the other plants around. A good example is a tobacco plant. The uh, tobacco caterpillar that eats on the tobacco, the tobacco plant can tell that it's a caterpillar who's eating on it by the saliva. It makes odors or chemicals that it releases into the air and it attracts the big-eyed beetle that comes over and eats the caterpillars. And those that aren't being eaten are start attracting them too so that the, the caterpillars can't spread. And this is just now being discovered now that we have PCR and we can measure small amounts of DNA-produced chemicals. You know, it's, plants talk to other plants they talk to their kids, and plants talk to us. You're listening to Parkinson's Recovery Radio. I'm your host, Robert Rogers. My guest today is Dr. Bill McAnally, and he mentioned a little earlier that if you go to the main United States government website, which is PubMed, P-U-B-M-E-D dot G. O-V, and you do a search on Dr. Bill's last name. That's McAnally, and that's spelled M-C-A-N-A-L-L-E-Y. You will see a very, very long listing of publications, refereed publications, that Dr. Bill has published over the previous years. So we're talking to a man who has uh, basically generated some revolutionary discoveries from, for individuals who currently experience chronic illness. Dr. Bill, tell us about your understanding and your contributions as to what causes the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. Well, gladly, there's, uh, as I mentioned, you know, Traumatic brain injury causes inflammation. And uh, in, <clears throat> inflammation is a, is a result of 
an imbalance between your uh, oxidative stress molecules and the chemicals that can remove them. That causes neuroinflammation. But <clears throat> oxidative stress, uh, excitatory, an excess of excitatory amino acids, what you want to do is reduce those. You want to reduce oxidative stress. You want to inhibit neuroinflammation. You want to inhibit premature neuroapoptosis. Because what happens in Parkinson's is the inflammation, all these conditions cause Parkinson's cells to die prematurely. And the same thing, you know, is happening in uh, <clears throat> our in, in, in Alzheimer's disease, which is the first disease in uh, Parkinson's second most common neurodegenerative disease. And that's because the cells are dying prematurely. And premature apoptosis, that's apoptosis is when a cell when a cell dies, is brought about by all these different conditions and you have to address all of them. They're, right now, the treatment is just to add more neurotransmitters like they add L-DOPA so that it doesn't take as much DOPA from Parkinson's cells to send a signal. And they may give you an MAO inhibitor which increases acetylcholine, I mean serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine. And uh, some cases they increase, they give a acetylcholine inhibitor, and that increases acetylcholine. But none of those address the cause, the structure and function. But none of them address the premature death of these cells. So uh, even though they have a little relief, cells keep dying. And uh, to, to uh, protect against it, you need to address the cause. And the cause is too much oxidative stress, too many free radicals of oxygen, and these are produced by the mitochondria whenever they have incomplete combustion of oxygen. Like normally, when the oxygen's burned, it turns into water and carbon dioxide. But if it's incompletely burned, it can have produce superoxide, hydroxyl radical, and hydrogen peroxide. And these cause damage and ultimately kill the cells. So you want something that can handle, you need an antioxidant. You uh, need to help reduce the availability of excitatory amino acids like glutamate and uh, GABA, gamma-aminobutyric acid, which are neurotransmitters. And they get, they cause pressure. They have a toxic effect on the dopamine neurons and will eventually kill them if you don't bring the uh, imbalance back into control. And you also have to inhibit neuroinflammation and if you uh, get hit in the head or have trauma or you have some infection or microbial, the uh, microglial cells secrete cytokines that are inflammatory. These inflammatory cytokines cause uh, neuroinflammation. Uh, you need to inhibit premature apoptosis. And you can do that with the BCL2 family that's, that regulates apoptosis. There are two classes of these proteins. One of them that causes the mitochondria to release cytochrome C and die, kill the cell, and others that prevent that. And so what you want to do is have the ratio of the pro-apoptotic uh, members of the BCL2 family less than the uh, anti. So you can adjust those ratios. And that's, that's uh, 
what, as it turns out, a lot of the herbs were doing, they were helping people. And the, another cause is misfolded proteins. In fact, a lot of the autoimmune diseases result from different misfolded proteins or aggregates of proteins that uh, were made and they weren't made right. We make glycoprotein, every cell makes them. And <clears throat> that's one reason you need to fast every now and then is when you fast, the cell decides to go in and clean up all of those amino acids that it made misfolded proteins. But we eat three meals a day three, and don't ever fast. We don't ever allow for autophagy. And autophagy is the process where cells go in and digest misfolded proteins and mismade uh, it's kind of like having a manufacturing facility and you have, you know, you have a piece that's sewed wrong, you just throw it on the floor and pretty soon you can't even walk around in the room and that's what happens to the cells. So it's nice, you know, for you to fast and it takes 16 or 17 hours for you to start cleaning up these misfolded proteins. And then uh, what's really important which we've learned for all types of neurodegenerative diseases, is to target the NRF2 pathway. And the NRF2 is basically a, a leucine zipper that uh, releases antioxidant proteins to protect against oxidative damage and inflammation. And these, this is turned on by different plants with apoptosis, whereas a lot of the food we have now don't turn on any of those. So those are are six areas that uh, I know are posted, or you'll have those posted on your site. People can read about them and look at them. And then whenever I put together my products, I wanted to address every one of the problems. And... Some herbs have, like I said, 25 ingredients, and they'll address two of these components, or some of them only address one. So I uh, have the different ingredients in what areas they target, and then you also have all of the articles in PubMed that support all of this. So there's a lot of information on Parkinson's there's 3,254 articles on Parkinson's and apoptosis. So there's a lot of information known about these different pathways, but they're trying to get one targeted ingredient that they can chemically alter and make a new drug and treat these. And no one ingredient is going to treat all six of these. So... If we wait, you know, for a new drug, we're probably going to be waiting indefinitely. Whereas God, the Father of Medicine, said, look at your food. If you can first, before you take any drugs, you ought to try to help yourself by eating right. And we all know that. But unfortunately, a lot of these herbs that turn on these pathways we need are no longer in our diet. It used to be in our diet. So to clarify what uh, Dr. Bill has just mentioned, he has prepared a set of notes, talking notes, that I will be posting on the Parkinson's Recovery blog. You'll be able to then read in detail what he just summarized. And also you'll see the specifics of exactly what he is saying he has discovered is helpful for addressing each of these six causes. The blog address is, of course, www.blogb-l-o-g.parkinsonsrecovery.com. So the main website is parkinsonsrecovery.com. You can also get to the blog from going to the main website. Now, what I notice, Dr. Bill, is in this marvelous handout 
you list each of the six causes, and then you have a listing of the foods that, from all of your extensive research, you've discovered will address the particular cause. And I notice a number of the descriptions of what you have listed here in this handout include herbs and foods I've never actually ever heard about. For example, for the inhibition of oxidative stress, one of the ingredients of the four listed is Tongate Alley, or something called Long Jack. So I'm guessing that some of these, as you say, are not available, certainly in the foods that are available, at least in the Western world. Is it the case that some of these herbs really aren't available at all? That is, you can't get them uh, anywhere. Yeah, we have to order a lot of them in advance. For example, uh, Funcat Alley comes from Malaysia. We get our wild yam uh, that actually grows in the U.S. We get uh, amla from India. We get our Boca Monera, our Brahmi from Bulgaria. We get the shaga mushroom we get from Russia or the U.S. We can get the maca from Peru. We get the milk thistle extract from China. And we analyze all of these. Like I make I make drugs in our manufacturing facility, and we make these. And the problem with so many of these is they, when we would order them in, they'd send us a sample, and it was good when we analyzed it. And then we'd order 20 pounds, and we would analyze it, which is, Required if you're making drugs, you have to analyze every raw material. And when we analyze them, they might be 10%. We call them back and say, this is not what, what we expected. We're going to send this back. And they say, well, if we, that's what everybody else buys. If we knew you wanted the pure stuff, we'd have to charge you a lot more. We're just telling you what everybody else is buying. And that seemed to be a common, a common trend throughout the industry. I know uh, the uh, New York tested GNC, Walmart, Walgreens, and Target's supplements, and uh, some of them, you know, of an average, only uh, 20% of the products had the ingredients on the label in them. The worst was uh, Target. And, and I mean Walmart, and they had four percent. And I think I gave you that article too, if you want to. You did, Doctor Bill, and I'll make sure that's available to our listeners as well. So, so we get these ingredients, and we because if you don't have them, they're not going to work. I mean, a lot of people I'll say, you need to try this. Oh, I tried those herbs; they didn't help me. Well, then when they try ours, they say, I can't believe how you know how much difference. It makes me wonder, you know, what's wrong with these people? But unfortunately, when I found the active ingredient in aloe, then we could measure all the aloe on the market. And only five, an average of about 7% of the aloe on the market had the aloe in it. Most of it had been adulterated. And then when you read back to Pliny the Elder in 76 AD, he talked about the adulterated aloe. And the problem and how to tell by the way it looked and tasted, how to tell whether you get the real stuff or not. So they've been adulterating it for thousands of years. And um, that, that's a shame. They, they're cheating the benefits. But what I love with the new, as a result of, of the uh, ability to do PCR and everything, we can test for the active ingredients. And if they're not there, they're not going to work. But ours are all there, and then they're freeze-dried. And what causes these foods to deteriorate is when water gets in there. For example, the rations the military use, they're freeze-dried. You suck all the water out. Without water, bacteria, nothing can grow in them. But when you open them, then moisture from the air starts to get in, and we have a moisture absorbing pillow that absorbs moisture for a couple of years 
and then, uh, but hopefully you consume the month's supply with four to two years or so. So they'll last, you know, a long time. As I said, our ingredients come from 26 different countries. They're freeze-dried, and we fill them all by hand. The, the problem, if you have a pure substance, they look like salt is pure, sugar is pure. A pure chemical will crystallize. And these have many chemicals in them, and they don't crystallize. So in order for you to use the automated machines they use with drugs, they have to flow into the capsule or the tablet mold just like sand through an hourglass. In fact, that's an easy way to test your ingredients so they have something that looks kind of like an hourglass. You pour it in there, and if it stays at the top and don't flow, then you're going to have to add flowing agents to get it to flow. And I had to add so much flowing agent to some of the ingredients, I only had 5% of what I wanted in there. So uh, what we do is we fill them by hand, and uh, that way you don't have to take... You really can't take enough if you use the flowing agents because you'd have to swallow 100 pills. And that makes it impractical. So we used to just eat these roots and tubers, you know, as, as our food. But they're amazing. And right now, we're the only... Dietary supplement company with their products based on these apoptosis pathways. So, um, to clarify for our listeners, Dr. Bill is now talking about the specific product line that uh, his company uh, makes available for customers. It's called ArogaLife.com. There's a link to that particular website on the radio show page. A heads up for all of our listeners, the products from this company can be shipped to any location in the United States. So this would mean Hawaii, Alaska, of course, continental U.S., Puerto Rico. But unfortunately, the products are not shipped to any other countries. Those of you who are listening to this incredibly fascinating presentation and explanation of the causes of Parkinson's and the factors that can address them, who live in other countries, are, need to be aware that you can't actually order these directly and have them shipped to you if you live outside the United States. This would mean that if you're interested in obtaining these products and you do not live in the United States, you'll need to find a relative, a friend, an acquaintance in the United States who could order them and then ship them to you as a gift. But the company does not directly ship these out to individuals. Well, so, Dr. Bill, on the website, um, I'm looking at the website right now, there's a listing of a number of different products. Uh, for example, there's something called Pathways Core plus Aloe, Pathways Core, Pathways Immune, Bone and Joint, Brain and Nerve, Gastrointestinal, Cardiovascular, Oral, Coating, Rinse, etc., etc. So for persons currently experiencing the symptoms of Parkinson's, what do you recommend they should consider getting? Well, in the, basically, the core is the core product, which affects all pathways. Now, if you have if you have problems with certain areas like bone joint, then you need the bone joint and endocrine plus. That's why they're called the plus products. So everyone needs core and aloe. And aloe helps make cellular words. Core prepa- core repairs the cells and makes keeps them healthy. And aloe allows them to communicate with each other. So if you buy the aloe separately, you have to pay over twice as much for it because we know how important the aloe is. And we have the best aloe on the market. Like I said, I'm the one that discovered the active ingredient of aloe. And we had the first process for aloe and the first approved product on aloe. And... Aloe helps cells communicate with each other. Core helps the health of the cells. 
So those two you need, and then the plus products are extra plus extra help. And we have one for the GI, one for the bone joint and endocrine. The endocrine is your glands. If you don't help your your calcitonin and all of your hormones, then you're not going to be able to maintain your bone and joint. Then we have one for for nerves, for the nervous system. So I would recommend the core, aloe, and the the nervous plus product. When you mention you know, the aloe helps with words, Dr. Bill, are you saying that, for example, when I'm having this interview with you and all of a sudden I can't quite recall or remember a word that I'm supposed to be using, would taking that help that problem? Okay, well, the, as we now know, for a long time they thought that cells communicated with protein. And there was a theoretical mathematician in Israel, a lady, who uh, was working on how many bits of information you had to be able to handle in order to run these programs. And she thought, I wonder with proteins if you could make enough information to run a human body. And see, amino acids make proteins, and they only hit link head to tail, forming the amide bond. So if you have four amino acids, the first, Choice, you have four choices to choose from, then three, then two, then one. So the combinations are four times three and six times one. So there's 24 different shapes you can make. If you have four hexose sugars like glucose, you have four of them, they can link on every carbon and they can link alpha and beta. So if you have six carbons, times alpha and beta, that's 12. So they can link 12 ways if you have four of them, and the others, each one of them have 12. So that's 12 times 36 times two of them would be 24 times 12. It's 128 different words. So we now know that the language of life is written in the sugars. I used to say how sweet it is, the language of life. And in order to communicate, you start out with mannosis. And aloe is a mannin. And we, 75% of our mannosis that make our cellular words come from our diet. And a lot of these herbs had plenty of mannose in them. The food we used to eat. But like wheat, corn, Barley, all of the potatoes, that's the potatoes we eat, don't have mannose. They just have glucose. And glucose is inflammatory. So if you have cancer, they don't want you to eat too much sugar or too much bread because those are pro-inflammatory. So the mannose is the basis, the first structural part that the rest of the words are, are made on. And there's about... 12 different hexoses or sugars that link together to make the different shapes. And they look kind of like the Chinese alphabet. You know how all those shapes are. Those different shapes communicate. Like that's how, how we recognize the egg and the sperm meet those shapes. Yeah. It's, once it's uh, impregnated, it won't take another one. But the communication is held on the shape made by the glycoforms, which are anywhere from like six to 12 different sugars linked together in different ways. And we could spend hours talking about that. Yes. It's Many people. How... What? Many people diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, uh, some researchers have discovered, actually have Lyme infections. I know the work that you're doing is not specifically addressing any specific symptom or illness, but is it at all possible that the 
products that you have produced might help address a person who currently experiences a Lyme infection and has been diagnosed with Parkinson's? Yeah, we have a lot of people have gotten rid of their Lyme infection with our products. It helps the body fight it. It gives it more structure and function. And Lyme disease is is pretty bad disease. And what that does is it'll cause misfolded proteins and stuff. And then that's one of the things. And what's interesting is different uh, proteins that you find in muscular dystrophy are different than those in Parkinson's that are different from those in other neurodegenerative diseases. So um, even... Uh, eczema it has an excess of improperly folded you know protein so really these are are messages that weren't written right right and your body just kind of throws them on the floor and after a while your floor is full of messages if you don't stop and clean them up and as long as you're eating it will not stop and clean them up but some of our, what you have to do is quit eating, and that will naturally, in 16 hours, turn on your cleaning process because it says, hey, I don't have any new amino acids and sugar, so I need to take these old ones and break them down and reuse them. So that, you know, I used to, when Jesus said fast as often as you will, now it makes sense. So let's say, for example, that a person currently experiencing symptoms associated with uh, Parkinson's disease diagnosis takes and decides to take the pathways core. How long would one bottle of that be expected to last for that person? Are we talking a couple of weeks, a month, six weeks? How long? Well, you know, we have a lot of people, and the bottle's designed to last a month. And uh, depending on how big you are, too, because you have to get this all over your body, but but the uh, normal supply of a core and aloe and uh, a nerve would last you a month. You have two nerve products you take twice a day. And supplements, it's always best to take with your food, although you can take them without it. It doesn't matter. But, uh, you take two core in the morning, two at night, and one of those two times that you, that you and you'll take one uh, brain and nerve in the morning. That's five. And then in the evening, you take another brain and nerve in your elbow. So, You'll end up taking seven, seven a day, and if you, you know, you should start feeling better in a few weeks or a few days even. You don't feel if it doesn't I, help you, you get your back. And I believe you mentioned that. So if I take this, for example, today, this is not going to really wash through my body in just a day. It'll hang around for a day or two afterward, so that I, it'll actually begin to build up in my body. Is that a correct summary? Well, like L-Dopa, for example, you have to take it. It has such a short half-life. You take it four or five times a day because it, it uh, like aspirin has a half-life of four hours. That means in four hours, it's half gone. Four more hours, another half is gone. This stuff hangs around. It has some, some of these have a half-life like your food. You can eat and you don't have to eat again. You know, you can live a few days on it. So uh, it has a half-life of, of, say, a a day. Because when people quit taking it, they'll feel good for uh, three or four weeks because they're using up that residual they've built up. And uh, then they may have to start taking it again, depending on what their problem is. But this is food, and you need to eat food regularly. And so on day one, let's say you take four capsules, the next day you'll still have two of them. And then you take four again of the four. 
Now you have six. The next day you have half of those left. That's three. You take four more, and now you have seven. So as you take it, it'll build up until you get an effective level. And then it levels off. For persons then diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, do you have any kind of summary statement that you would like to make about the prospects of being able to see some relief from their symptoms? Well, we've seen everyone that's tried it has uh, felt better by the time they get through the first dosage. You cannot take too much. You know, it, you could this is food. You need enough to fix those cells. And by us not having any fillers or flowing agents, the amount that we recommend will fix it. If you want to, if you're feeling good and you want to feel better faster, you want to get to that that saturated level faster. You just take them twice as fast. But taking the recommended doses, they're going to feel better. So, Dr. Bill, this has been a truly fascinating presentation. Your work is revolutionary and groundbreaking, and I know it's going to have a huge impact on many, many millions of individuals across the globe, which is our audience. Having now gone into quite a bit of detail about what you've discovered are the causes of Parkinson's and your revelations about how those causes can be addressed and allow healing from the inside out, what is the one kind of a point you want to make sure that listeners remember about our discussion today? What's the take-home point you want people to think about for the coming week and the coming months about our discussion? Well, I, you know, I, I want them to take it and feel better, and you have nothing to lose. I mean, if you take it and you don't feel better, we have a 100% money-back guarantee. And so far, I have, I think only two people, and they had they didn't take any. They bought some, and their spouse gave them such a headache over it for not taking, you know, their drugs that they brought them back. They never took any. Unfortunately, uh, that happens, you know, maybe one out of every ten thousand people. Well, I am too, Dr. Bill. I have to say uh, we've been obviously always searching and looking for ways to support people's ability to heal from the inside out, and clearly this is one possibility that is truly exciting and, I might also add, revolutionary. So I want to... Well, one thing I'd like for you to do is, you know, people can order it through your site, I'd like for them to do that and get back with you. See what's yes. happening so you can share that with other people. That's exactly right, and I want to say that as well to all of you who are listeners who are going to say, okay, th- this calls out to me. I want to you know, explore this and take this and see what happens. Please let me know so that I can begin to have just sort of an anecdotal accounting of what your experience has been. As I understand it, Dr. Bill, your company is only less than three years old, or maybe I should say three years young. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. This one. So we don't uh, have very many. We have very few people who currently are experiencing the symptoms of Parkinson's who really have any experience with this. So please, the whole mission here is to identify new opportunities for healing. This is one of those. If this calls out to you to explore, not only would you please take this, but let let us know what your experience uh, has been. It will make a, a great difference to uh, accomplishing our mission, yeah, which is similar to Dr. Bill's, which is to provide ways for people to reclaim their life force and to be able to return to full health and wellness. Dr. Bill McAnally, I want to thank you on behalf of the many, many thousands of listeners of Parkinson's Recovery Radio to, to take the time out today 
to not only be on the show, but to prepare these talking points that I'll be posting on the Parkinson's Recovery blog, and quite frankly, to uh, really be the person who I think has solved the problem of the century, which is why are so many people really getting so sick? I think you've got the answer, and what we're going to now discover is that many people are going to celebrate that victory. Thank you so much for your work, your research, your life's mission, and for, again, making your contribution to persons currently diagnosed with Parkinson's disease and being a part of this particular mission at Parkinson's Recovery. Well, thank you for having me on the program. So we have the link, again, of the arogolife.com website link if you'd like to be able to explore more what those products are and what those opportunities are. Feel free to click on the link. Again, to remind those of you who might have checked into this interview a little bit late, there will be on the Parkinson's Recovery blog the talking points which very specifically, and I quite want to say in a fascinating way, list the causes of Parkinson's and then the very specific food groups and foods that address each of those six causes. It's amazing work. It's an amazing discovery, and I am pleased and proud to be able to say that uh, I think this is something that's going to change people's lives. And, again, this is Robert Rogers, founder of Parkinson's Recovery in 2004. We are 14 years young. And I might also say that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all of the women are smart, all of the men are handsome, and, of course, all of the children are truly loved. No that by virtue of the fact that you happen to be listening to this radio show today, that you, in your own way, in your own fashion, are indeed on the road to recovery from whatever symptoms you might currently be experiencing, whether associated with a diagnosis of Parkinson's disease or something else. Thank you so much for being a part of what we do here at Parkinson's Recovery. May your coming day, week, months, and years be full of bliss, happiness, adventure, and total and complete hellness. Thanks so much for being with us on this radio show program today. Good day.